I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Beautiful people all across the world. Hello, welcome back. And if you are new, hey to you. So glad to have you here, you know, in the First Gen Lounge with us. Today, we are talking with Tanika Marie. Oh, it's a whole vibe, y'all, for real. <laughs> Tanika Marie, I love saying your name. It's just it's a it's a brand and it's uh when I first saw it I was like that it caught me like I want who is she who is she that's Tanika Marie see see how they come together but no y'all I am thrilled because she is going to be talking to us today about something we all need to know about and that's modern day etiquette okay and what that looks like and how you show up and conduct yourself and being able to use etiquette because it's all about being poised Ooh, pull that together too so tanika marie hello and welcome to the show how are you friend hey thank you for the grand introduction you just don't know that embracing of <laughs> tanika marie so i thank you for that and thank you for just you know having me here today you are so very welcome like seriously when i first saw it like just saw it and i was real like sneaking around i was like that's one of the people like you know sneaking marie do you know her did you hear about girl did you see her workshop like it, it, it has that so like i'm gonna just speak it all into your life because that's what i that's that's how it makes me feel saying your name and that's your name not even mine so you know it's got to be a vibe so glad to have you here and just, you know, thrilled about talking to you today and all the amazing things that you're doing. So without further ado, please tell us who you are. Who is Tanika Marie? Yes, I was born and raised in Greensboro, North Carolina, first generation graduate student on maternal side of my family, a graduate, a proud graduate of North Carolina Anti-State University, HBCU. Yes, I majored in public relations with a minor in marketing. I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina after graduating. I pursued my corporate journey and I actually came to Charlotte to go to grad school as an evening student, plus pursue my corporate journey. And I got my MBA. I worked in corporate for about seven years until I finally caved and pursued my passion in the field of education. I was blessed and am blessed. I worked in three different districts. As a beginner teacher, I worked in Cabarrus County Schools, and then I relocated to the Cary Raleigh area where I lived there for six and a half years and worked for Wake County Public Schools. There, I worked in a capacity as a classroom middle school teacher. I transitioned out into school administration career development coordinator and curriculum coach. Then I finally embraced my heart and went back to Charlotte in 2018, which I call Charlotte my first love, my first everything as a young adult. And during that entire transitioning as an educator, I also embraced being a small business owner. And that's funny, you incorporated Poise because my nonprofit that I founded is called Poise & Co., which I founded in the Cary area, but I actually still do the work 
here in Charlotte, and it serves as a hub for my event planning company, Cutie Pie Pampering Mobile Spa Parties that I do for girls ages 4 to 14. Another program we do is the Charlotte Children's Business Fair, where we focus on entrepreneurship skills for youth. And also Poison Co. serves as a hub for just life skills and entrepreneurship skills for adults and youth. So that's a little bit about my small business. And then just in general, over the years, I am a certified life coach, also certified etiquette consultant. And over the past really six to eight months, I've had time to work on some passion projects where I launched my podcast, TED Talks, back in June. And most recently, yay, I can say I am a published author. I Thank you. I just um, published my book, Modern Day Etiquette for Everyday Living. So that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. I just want to know where you find the time. Don't ask. <laughs> if you if I have to start talking about it, then I may start questioning and I might get anxiety. But so we're gonna leave it alone. We're gonna leave it alone. We're gonna leave it alone because I mean, and you're just like you said, you're just not just an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. Let's just because oh, you I have about that. yes. Yeah, I mean, but you, but you told us you have so many things going on and. I think that that says a lot about you, that you can really follow all of the passions that you have and really make something of them and still do work that you love, like even professionally. And I am just a bit jelly that you were able to get back to Charlotte. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool. One day, one day. I love but, it here. We you know, even think about your time up here, like, dang, we could have saw each other or been in the same networking event and not even realized because we would have crossed paths because, I mean, me being in the Raleigh-Durham area, we here the same time. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I'm fascinated by that, but that's, you know, because I'm like, hey, we could have been friends. We're yeah. still friends. We're like, <laughs> you want to get coffee or just, you know, just kicking it. Let's go get dinner, but... That's all right. When I move to Charlotte, just don't come back to Raleigh when I do that, okay? No, I'm not going back there. No, ma'am. <laughs> oh, no. oh, this ain't it? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> it served its purpose. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look, look, I ain't even mad. I ain't even mad. But, you know, since you've already just told us about all the, the things you're doing with entrepreneurship and, you know, part of the show is definitely just digging into the life and entrepreneurship aspects and talking to entrepreneurs about things that they're doing. But really, what even gave you that oomph, right? That you knew you were going to be an entrepreneur, that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, that entrepreneurship even made sense because I don't think a lot of us, you know, have that in our brains, you know, from the beginning. Some people do, but not all. But then the other thing, you didn't even go to school to study business. So that's the other thing that's catching. Well, I got my MBA, but let me tell you, before I, I actually got my MBA, even with the MBA, which that was, you know, of course, my master's degree, right? I still fought entrepreneurship. So I'm going to take you back. And then I'm gonna bring you back forward. So okay. my sophomore year in college at ANT, I was actually placed on academic probation. Mm. I did yeah, tell me about it. I had too much fun, I guess, my freshman year. So I was placed on academic probation for a semester. I hid it from my mom, my dad, I hid it from my close girlfriends who I hid it from everybody. So that semester I moved I, I immediately knew to always have a plan B, C, D. So I moved to my plan B. And at the time in Greensboro, they had Dudley Cosmetology School. So yeah. it was located downtown. And I was like, okay, let me see what I can take. So I actually took my class to become a, a licensed manicurist. So that class, well, the program was about three and a half months, which was kind of equivalent to what a semester would be. So I would act like I was going to class to A&T, but I would go over to Dudley's and I took a class. And by the time um, the semester was up, I had my license. And not only did I have a license, but I'm now a manicurist and I worked mm -hmm. in a nail salon. So mm -hmm. 
after being on academic probation, when you go back, you have to pay for your tuition. So not only did I have this skill set as a college student, but I also had the funding to pay for my own books, to pay for about 60% of my financial obligations. So I was I was like a well-known nail technician undergraduate kid, you know, at A&T. And that's when I was introduced to entrepreneurship. But again, mm-hmm. in my mind, I didn't think, oh, this is my business. It was more of either I'm working retail or I'm doing this. So I did that the duration of college. And then when I went into my master's program, I was in Charlotte. So I commuted back and forth for a little bit. And then finally, I let it go. So that was a glimpse. And then fast forward into my educational career, when I moved to the raleigh Cary area, I was working in Garner, which I was at a high need school. And long mm-hmm. story short, while being there, I was just overblown with so many kids not having the means. So I started a program within my nonprofit called Pearl's Closet Prom Project. So with that Pearl's Closet Prom Project, I actually partnered with so many organizations throughout the Raleigh community, and we collected prom dresses for the girls in Durham County, Wake County, and we collected probably over 3,000 dresses. So with that, I also did workshops for the girls, and I'm probably getting off topic here, but within those workshops, it triggered me to start teaching them how to take care of their nails. So from that, I taught them how to do their nails and I also taught them etiquette. So that's how the etiquette mm-hmm. thing started to come for play as well. And with the nonprofit, I wasn't really bringing money in. I was getting donations. So that's when I was like, okay, how can I make money and enjoy making money? And that's when I created my business, Cutie Pie Pampering, which is the mobile spa party services that's also now connected to that skill set I learned as a sophomore in college when I was placed on probation. So it all came back full circle as a professional. And to this day, Cutie Pie Pampering is still thriving. To this day, Poison Co. is still thriving. I no longer do the Pearl's Closet Prom Project, but I do do a ton of service projects with connecting with the community. But it started from a simple mistake of screwing up my freshman year of college and getting mm. myself together, but still that same skill set I still use to this day, fast forward almost really 20 years later. Now, your parents are, aren't just hearing this story for the first time, are they, that you um, <laughs> no, got to be a <laughs> I actually came clean probably okay. after I graduated. And, and and I'm honest, I'm a, I'm a first-gen college kid, so my mom probably would have cared less. If, I mean, I'm not, not that she didn't care about my academics, but my mom's biggest goal for me was, girl, you better not get pregnant. So if I would have made it through my freshman year to sophomore year, she would have probably been like, you know what? Good job, baby. You tried. But at the same time, I still had enough good sense. I was afraid. I didn't. I mean, I still hit it. And it was just I was just shame about it. But it still turned out to be a significant skill set that I learned. So I actually am excited that it happened because I probably would I probably wouldn't even be a business owner to this day. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but it tickles me because I'm like, you did, you did, kept it a secret. Wait a minute. But again, but they wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> as long as you handle your business. Yeah, that definitely has tickled me today. But so, just so curious because again, like I said, you didn't go to school for entrepreneurship. It happened. You paid attention though. I think that's what I really appreciate that you paid attention. It's like, wait a minute, there's something here. But is that, you know, the, the entrepreneur building during your sophomore year, is that something that drove you to want to go get your MBA? No. <laughs> 
I promise you when I, I didn't I didn't even know it and I mean I don't want you to think I'm ignorant but I didn't even know if it was classified as entrepreneur I just knew yeah. that I was not gonna fail and I knew it was something quick that I could take and mm. I just automatically and, and, and it's so funny because even like my my guy friend who was in commercial business making and investing he he always would say like you know what you just have that gift Mm. And I'm just like, uh, no, I don't. And I fought it and I fought it. But I don't know. I just kind of knew, I, I guess, I don't know that adaptability. I knew that was just something I needed to know how to do. I don't know. But no, I thought I was going to go into real estate and do all mm. this other, which is also a form of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. No. And then I always wanted to be a corporate. That was my thing. I always mm. wanted to have a little briefcase and envision myself going into some big building downtown somewhere. That was the vision I had for myself, but it wasn't the plan that God had for me. So That is so interesting. I'm, you t- you really tickled me because, <laughs> nope, not at all. Just, and, but, and, and you didn't sound ignorant at all because I'm going to just probably sound more, you know, interesting when I say that six years ago, I couldn't have told you what an entrepreneur was. I didn't know. No way. And six, so I'm saying six years and I've been in the gang five. So, I knew small business owners, but I had never heard the term entrepreneur. I always knew business owners, small business owners. So entrepreneurship wasn't something, but definitely wasn't my world because I was higher education. And I want to say maybe even coming back in 2015, we had a president who was really big on entrepreneurship and that like caught my curiosity and this hot entrepreneur thinking I'm like what is this term because everybody had who had ever had a business was always a small business owner was never entrepreneur mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so there and that note like later there is a difference and so when I stepped out you know to do my own thing which really wasn't the initial reason for me leaving you know nine to five but I had a friend say are you an entrepreneur or a small business owner and I was like uh both <laughs> you know but then but there's this thinking and the mindset and mentality so similar to yourself I didn't know, you know, even the idea of what I was doing being something that was entrepreneurship. But I think entrepreneurship, honestly, feel like it's really caught the buzz mm-hmm. as a term that we use versus small business owner. But anyway, to digress, don't feel bad at all because, yeah, that's just my truth. But hey, I'm here and yeah. appreciate it. And again, would have would have never thought because I didn't go to school for it at all. But getting back to your story with entrepreneurship and all the things, what would you say has helped you to be successful thus far? I mean, it's good that you have the drive, you know, the ambition and the creativity and the skills. But what other things on that list have contributed to how you've gotten this far? I I mean, I cannot discredit my upbringing, I think mm. just, and again, I mean, I, I didn't come from like an extreme impoverished background, but lower to income um, background. And I think it just taught me, and I hate to use the word hustle, but mm-hmm. the adaptability to be able to maneuver through anything. I mean, again, just even just going back to before quote, embracing entrepreneurship. I mean, I try, I would try about anything. I've sold Kirby <laughs> for about a day. I've sold, you know, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I was sat through the whole workshop and I said, you know what, let me go see if I can sell a vacuum cleaner. Nah, it's not for me. The cut cold knives. I mean, I've done several things leading up to finally embracing, you know, something that I would say that's a niche or whatever for me. But I think it, it had, it has a lot to do with how I was brought up. I didn't have things handed to me. I had to, a lot of stuff I had to do my own research had to kind of figure it out and of course you know you have your counselors and well mentors
mentors who guide you along the way. But I think it, it has a lot to do with having limited access to things and having mm-hmm. to take that and kind of maneuver and create your own foundation. I think that has made me unstoppable. And it's so funny, you know, doing COVID, nothing against anyone who had unfortunately has gotten sick or had deaths, but to hear the word pivot, I'm like, forget pivot. It's called adaptability. And mm. what people are learning how to do is what a lot of kids who may probably are mostly first gen students or kids or what have you, we've been pivoting all our lives. So mm. I just feel like it's, it's that skill set that has really, truly helped me be able to navigate life from a young person to an adult. Mm, see, nobody tell you to come over here and check me today. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Nobody tells you to come over here with that sneaker. That's but I no, I, I love that. It's not pivot, it's adapting. And that changes the mindset. But I had to just move from loss to pivot, from pivot to adapting. There we go. Because yes, I had to do that last year. I had the most speaking engagements I'd ever had lined up. I was really like, yo, this is the year I finally made it. I'm making that. I'm about to be everywhere. And COVID was like, eh, eh, eh. Mm-hmm. And so for me to have been spending years building my speaking business and literally overnight to feel like it crumbled, I had to like move to the next. And similar to yourself, I didn't have time to do a whole bunch of crying and, you know, being sad and stuff. I was devastated, but I figured it out. And, you know, hey, a year later, here we are. So thank you for mentioning that strength of being adaptable because you're right that's exactly what it is like what's next and i'll figure it out but that's so funny the pivot but even thinking about pivoting how have you had to pivot in your life when you think about you know going from undergrad to grad from grad to just you know being a full-time what have been some of the challenges you know in in those pivots or those adaptable moments that you think are worth sharing or lessons you've learned from them um, one, I've had many lessons, but if I have to summarize or give some type of theory, man, and it's and to this day, it's a lesson for me. It's making the right connections and mm. also managing your gifts and talents. So like, just for example, just because you can do it does not mean you need to. So, and you know, that fan of jack of all trades, master of none. And even if you are a master of all of them, it still does not mean you need to do it all. Just because you can do it all, it does not mean you should not be open or receptive to receive assistance or even to ask for help. I mean, I had a problem with that. And here I go, I, I, I probably still do, you know, with, you know what, I'll just do it myself. But being open to be able to receive, you know, advice from a mentor, asking for help, seeking the right resources. And of course, you don't want to just make frivolous connections, but making genuine connections that not only going to benefit you, but benefit the other people. And also just be careful not to hustle so hard that you miss an opportunity along the way to create great partnerships and receive, you know, right resources. It could save you a headache of, you know, 30 days. I mean, or Mm -hmm. something we're working on for 30 days. It could have been a 30 minute project or something, you know, so just really just slowing down, Mm -hmm. making the right connections just because you can do it. You don't have to. You know, you don't have to always try to prove, not that you're proving something, but you don't have to always use your gifts and talents. So that is something if I could go back and maybe redo some things, I would. Mm, I appreciate your transparency with that. And I also imagine some of it comes from being first gen, having to take care of yourself, having to make sure you're good, but also being a black woman. 
Mm. And being somebody who I got to be strong and I got to do this and I can't let people see me sweat. And in doing so, I'm not going to ask for help because ask for help means I can't do it. But knowing what I know now, I got a team. (laughs) And I'm like, thank God for me. (laughs) And I still hear people say all the time, well, I can do it. I can figure it out. I'm like, it's not about that. It's about understanding that I shouldn't do it all. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessary. And since building a team, I definitely can say I'm moving further and faster because I'm not trying to get caught up in marketing, then email sequences, then social media ads, then the content, and then I lose a whole day on one project and we ain't moving nowhere. So, you know, definitely am in a space where those things now, they're happening constantly and I can go take a nap if I need to, if I'm stressed out and come back to it. So again, powerful that you say that because there's a difference, especially when something is not a strength mm-hmm. of yours. And you, again, run in service with yourself. But speaking of gifts and skills, one of yours is, you know, this gift of teaching etiquette and not just etiquette, proper etiquette. <laughs> so I do want to, you know, tap into that and talk a little bit more about some of the things that you feel people need to know about modern day etiquette. And I love that you say modern day with your book, especially because what worked in 1964 and going to work now. So, <laughs> you know, what are some things that you think that we definitely should consider when we think about etiquette now what are some of the things your book you know is teaching us so that we can be great in our lives first i just have to preference this by saying i was not born with formal etiquette training actually my first year in grad school i actually took a class at through a community college and got some training and then later became certified but my book actually i mean i have over 22 different chapters it's a mod podge of various topics and and i'm if i can have a moment of transparency i fault even attaching etiquette to my name for several mm. yes ma'am for several years although i was certified in it i incorporated it in my curriculum and i you know when i taught classes or what have you and it's just because so many people, and I'm just being honest, they run away from the topic because one, they only think they need to pull it out when it's time to set a table. A lot of people only embrace etiquette, you know, around the holidays or what have you, but also Mm -hmm. they associate etiquette with being an older person, probably teaching a class. It's a stuffy topic. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very outgoing. My style of teaching is laid back. And at the same time, hoping, you know, for the students to get application, but I did not want to be associated with the stuffiness of it. So not until about two to three years ago, I finally embraced it as being a part of my brand. But the biggest thing right now, I would want even readers or if somebody was taking a class through me, is that interpersonal skills, being able to be an effective communicator. I mean, if you look at our past year, it was a train wreck even around, you know, the politics and how people displayed, how they engaged with one another. People lost jobs mm-hmm. behind how they spoke. But the biggest thing is really that networking piece, knowing how to interact with others. And then I also, I like to consider myself more of like a holistic coach. I like to bring in that life skill portion and that being able to engage with people on an emotional and a social level because you have to be empathetic. Like you could have gone to the best school and you know how to manage a business, but you suck with working with people. You're going to end up having high turnover and or if you're an entrepreneur, people aren't going to buy your product because they're not going to believe in it. One, because you're nasty, but at the same time, being able to let both worlds meet. But in terms of my book, I have anything from how, of course, the basics of how to set a table, 
personal branding. I even have wine etiquette, how to properly host a tea event and how to hold a teacup, anything from, and I am also a fur mama. I have a baby, a dog, and even with pet etiquette, you know, picking up after your dog. And if you live in an apartment or a townhome or even in a small community, how to properly be a great resident. So it's various topics and I wanted it to be something applicable. And uh, and even and you didn't ask me about my book, but the intent for my book, I didn't want it to be boring. I did a ton of research beforehand. And at the same time, I wanted it to be an easy read that somebody can pick up and flip, you know, look at the table content and say, you know what? Hey, I need this today and go back another time and look at something else. So I didn't want it to be like a one-time read. I wanted it to be kind of like a reference guide. Hmm, I really love that. And from where I'm sitting, literally sitting, I can't tell you that I know anybody else to this to this point who is an etiquette expert. And to think about the different ways, when you think etiquette, I just automatically go to dining. Just my truth, go to dining mm-hmm. etiquette. But for you... It's just this community etiquette, like you said, the image etiquette. It's, it's so many forms of it. I'm like, oh, dang, that is true. And we think business etiquette, what does that look like? And we know that it exists. So kudos to you for blazing a trail, even in this space, thinking about how you show up, but also to help, I'm sure, other women, other Black women, but even like thinking about first gens and talking about etiquette, because I know it's something that we need as we are navigating our adulthood once college is over how again do we do we do these things so i'm all for it so y'all make sure that y'all check out tanika and this etiquette stuff because i know this grooming and this becoming of adulthood is 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 real out here yes ma'am. if you're gonna say that <laughs> so even thinking about just etiquette is there anything that shocked you you know that maybe you were teaching a workshop or leading a course and somebody did something you were just kind of like what you know like how did you not know that like, is anything that's come up? Just interest, just curious, just real curious if you want to share. Of course. I mean, if you've ever been around a middle school student, even high school student, nothing surprises you there just working in the education system. But in terms of adulting, you would be surprised. I get a ton of DMs from adults where, well, one, just going into personal image. You know, some mm. women don't even know their bra sizes, you know. Mm. You know, I'm serious. And they're like, hey, can I get, you know, a one-on-one with you so you can help me measure? And they don't know their body style or type, you know, and that's serious, you know. And then you have Mm. people who are coming out of divorces, not to speak divorces into existence, but they may have been married, you know, straight out of college and their husband did everything. Or maybe they had a housekeeper or someone else keeping up with these things. But now, boom, you're out in the world. You don't even know anything about, you know, budgeting or keeping up a house. Now you have to start interviewing. So in terms of that career component, I have worked with individuals one on one on just how to develop an elevator pitch. And these are the mm-hmm. same exact skill sets. I may end up working with someone who was 14, 15. But now you got someone who is in their 30s, 40s, 50s who are now starting over. So it's, it's one of those things where it's not that you're like, oh my gosh, but it's like, wow, this is reality. This is where we are right now. And I, if I can add one more thing, just going back to that political crazy storm we just went through, even in my own personal family, sorry, family, I had a situation where I was in a family group chat and I was like, okay, Tanika, you're going to have to use (laughs) your etiquette skills here. And I had to let them know I would be removing myself from the group 
because I felt uncomfortable. So it is, you know, it's something that you do, you really true. It's almost, I call it almost like your alter ego, your garment you have to put on. You almost, I, I sound like I'm preaching now, like faith. You got to put your etiquette on <laughs> when you step out into the world because you never know what type of situation you may have to go into. And it's like, it's a transferable skill. It's not just, again, at the dinner table. So Mm, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I'm excited about it. Definitely excited about it. You have been an absolute pleasure to talk with. And I'm thinking, you know, we definitely gonna have to continue this conversation in a multitude of ways, I can imagine, because I know how valuable what you're doing is, especially in the first gen space. And to be a first gen who's been able to identify these things for yourself and to mold yourself and to learn and to you know, be ambitious in the ways that you are to continue to like serve how mm-hmm. you do. I'm I'm very grateful for and I'm glad we, we crossed paths. And so like, wow. Thank you. But definitely for those of you who've listened, who want to connect with, again, the Tanika Marie. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, <laughs> listen, all right. Five years from now, hit me up, let me know. Yes, <laughs> no, really, just don't forget about me, okay? But really, you know, for what it's worth, it, please do connect. Check out the show notes to get her contact information. So while she can say it to you, it just be easy to just go click the link to get right to her. But Tanika, you have been an absolute joy, again, just to talk to you today. And I love just the personality and the energy that you brought to this conversation. And, you know, I do have to ask you that one last question before we do wrap up. And that is... If you had any piece of advice or words of wisdom that you want to leave us with, what would that be? Be gentle on yourself. Slow down. Like, seriously, slow down. Enjoy enjoy the journey. The accomplishments will come. And really, again, just enjoy life. Enjoy the journey. Slow down. Don't be hard on yourself. And that's pretty much it. And so just like that. Okay. Keep it simple. (laughs) Easy. I love it. But again, thank you so very much. And again, to the fellow HBCU grad up in here. I'm, I'm for it today. So you definitely served us well. But again, wishing you nothing but the best of luck in all that you do in the days that lie ahead. Continue to change the world in only the way that you can do, Tanika. Definitely appreciate you. And we look forward to seeing you. Thank you.